3, Galatians chapter 3, and we'll begin again at verse number 13, Galatians 3 and 13. So we're going to continue to talk about being redeemed from the curse and being blessed, and the blessing of Abraham coming upon us now, non-Jewish people now in Christ, the blessing of Abraham coming upon us. But not just from the perspective of, let me tell you some cool stuff about this, but I want to challenge you again tonight towards a blessing mindset, a blessing mindset. And what we mean by that is, is that we begin to see ourselves in the light of Father's truth. And His truth says you've been redeemed from the curse so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon you. Amen. And so if you've been born again tonight, I'll show you in a moment where it says in Ephesians 1 and 3 that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But just like so many other things that are true about someone who's been born again, we have to renew our minds to these things. In other words, it's, it's one thing for Father to do it in us through Jesus, but it's another thing for us to walk those things out by faith. On Wednesday night, we've been talking a lot about faith. And the Bible says you've got to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold. So we have been blessed, but now we're laying hold of what's true about us, what's been given to us. And that, that requires a blessing mindset. We said that, that most people on planet Earth, even born-again people who have been blessed with, by God, they, they, their mindset is, is more curse-influenced. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's more reflective of what it's like to live under the curse instead of what it's like to um, be born again. Praise God. So um, I know I've got it up there. Uh, Christy, I'm not going to be able to advance it, so I apologize, sister. Thank you so much for what you do to help us back there. Galatians 3 and 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, I don't want to go too far down this road tonight, but if you notice in verse 14 that the blessing of Abraham might come upon and we see in other places where the Bible talks about, you know, the specific difference between, uh, let's just step away from the blessing for just a moment. I'll show it to you in, an, in another uh, benefit of salvation. That it's one thing for the Holy Spirit to be within you, but it's another thing for Him to be upon you. So there are a lot of people that have the Holy Spirit within them, but they've never really experienced the Holy Spirit upon them. And even like when someone is baptized in the Holy Spirit, 
it's, it's not that you get more of the Holy Spirit. It's not like the Holy Spirit is a pecan pie and you get, you know, another half slice or something. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not you getting more of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit getting more of you. Where, where you surrender more of yourself to Him. And so when the Holy Spirit comes upon a born-again believer, the Holy Spirit is inside of them. He literally comes up out of them and rests upon them. Amen. And so when he's talking about so that the blessing might come upon, the, the might part here is, is not calling into question whether or not you have been blessed, because the scriptures, again, are very clear. You have been blessed. But you have been blessed so that the blessing inside of you might come upon you so that you might experience it in your life reality. Amen. Are you, are you following this? This is really, really important. So this is, this is where, you know, again, a blessing mindset. I was thinking about this, and I know we've pretty much said these things already in, in, in different ways, but your mind, among other things, is a tuner. T-U-N-E-R. It's a tuner. Um, and I don't know if you remember back in the day, you know, when the, when the radio, you turn the dial and the little orange or reddish looking thing moved up and down the dial and, you know, you'd, you know, going through all those channels trying to get to the one that you're getting to and you'd pick up just blurbs of it and what have you. But you wanted to tune it into, you know, a specific station, which means you're tuning it into a specific frequency by setting that station by tuning in your mind is a tuner and and we need to learn how to tune our minds to the blessing in the same way you would tune your radio um, by setting it on a specific frequency Christian radio station DJC way FM what have you we can tune our minds in and set our minds upon the reality of these truths now, we'll talk about this more perhaps next week, but does anybody remember what the Bible says the redeemed are supposed to do? How are the redeemed supposed to respond? Psalm 107 says, let the redeemed of the Lord, that was kind of weak, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, say so, say so. Now, again, why is it so important for us to confess or, or to say these things because we're, we're, words are one of the key ways Jesus said that we bring the treasure that's inside of us out of us in the same way that fruit comes from inside of a tree out onto the branches of that tree. Jesus said a good man using good words will bring forth a good treasure from his heart. So as we begin to confess that we have been redeemed from the curse of the law, as we begin to confess, now that's the Old Testament, let the redeemed say so, but in the New Testament, it's not just that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Just for a quick review, last week we said this means to buy out from under. And literally Jesus came under the curse with us, lifted it up off of us, and then carried it away. 
Amen. He came under, lifted off, and carried away. We said that the curse affected us in five key areas, and now the blessing affects us in those same key areas, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially. And that's, I think, again, extremely important for us to recognize. And we spent some time last week in Isaiah 53 where we see the different things that Jesus became for us, the different things that he um, endured uh, for us. Uh, when Pastor Marcos uh, spoke to the men a couple of Saturday mornings ago, um, he talked about not, not the one goat, but the two goats, the one that, that shed his blood, but then the other one was the scapegoat where symbolically the sins of the people were placed upon that goat and then it was carried far away. And this is, this is again, Jesus is the fulfillment of both of those. He, he, he shed his blood, but at the same time, our sin was placed upon him and he carried it far away from us because the sin is what, is what brings the curse. Sin is what brought the curse, and so you'll never fix the problem of the curse if you don't fix the problem of its cause, which is sin. So when Jesus came under and lifted off of us, he didn't just lift the, the curse off of us, he lifted all the things off of us that, that caused that curse and gave, listen to me now, in Proverbs he says, the curse causeless will not come. The curse causeless, in other words, the curse will not come without a cause, okay? And so if sin is the cause, causation of the curse, and Jesus took sin upon himself and carried it away, notice now there's no cause for the curse in your life and my life because our sin has been removed from us. Are you seeing this? Okay. So just let me mention this as well tonight. If, if you allow the enemy, he will, he will really try to do a number on you here. Um, he'll try. That's why he's so big on trying to bring guilt and shame and condemnation on us, even though there's therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. Because when we're living under that sense of guilt, under that sense of shame and condemnation, we welcome the curse as deserved punishment. Right? When, when things that are, you know, curse-related begin to take place in our lives, you know, we'll have a tendency to say, well, you know, I had that coming. No, 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 listen to me, please. You had it coming, but Jesus stepped in front of it for you. Amen? See, the world says you made your bed, so you need to lay in it unless somebody laid in that bed for you. See, we made our bed in hell and Jesus went and laid down in hell for you, for me. Are you seeing this? So he brought us out from under the curse by removing from us that which gave the curse right to operate in our lives. Amen. Are you seeing this? Okay. So what we have to do then by faith is we, we have to recognize 
that we've been redeemed from the curse, and when the enemy tries to bring um, curse-related problems and issues into our lives, we have to say, hold on just a second. No, sir. Jesus has bore this for me. Let me give you, and really there's other things I'm wanting to get to tonight, but I felt so impressed to to do this. I think some of this we looked at last week, some of it we just kind of rushed through it. So let me show you three key verses. The first one is 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. And it says, um, it's slide number nine, Christy, if that'll help you. Um, It says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So see now, Jesus became our sin for us, effectively coming under it, lifting it off of us, and carrying it away. Then 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So Jesus took all of these things and suffered the way that he did so that we would not have to suffer from these things. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And, and this is speaking of the financial, what we may call the material aspect of the blessing. Where Jesus, as our substitute, coming under the curse, poverty is a result of the curse. And so Jesus became the curse for us. He became sin for us. He, he became your sin and my sin for you. He took stripes upon his back and suffered for our healing so that, again, sickness and disease, uh, premature death, all of these things are a part of the curse. It's, 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 it's a result of, of Adam and Eve's sin and the curse that came upon this planet because of that. Jesus came uh, under that and lifted that off of us. See, Jesus died in his 30s so that you could live long and prosper. Amen. Amen. Now see, again, this is kind of like we, we start talking about faith and, and people start getting defensive and, and offended and, and, and these kinds of things. Um, my friend, please, I'm not saying that if someone is, is dealing with some element that is curse related, that somehow they're cursed. But what we've got to hear this good news that Jesus has bore this stuff for us so that we could be blessed instead of cursed. Amen. All right, now, let's, praise God, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. So Ephesians chapter 1, Galatians, Ephesians, so if you get to uh, Philippians or Colossians, you've gone a little too far, Ephesians chapter 1, and um, I I've kind of I've kind of struggled with this. I want everybody to get this, but I think 
the, the younger generation tonight um, is, is uh, you guys can, you know, if, you, if you're under 20 tonight, you, you can help me here with some amens or some nods or something, all right? Because I really want to help you relate, every one of us, to relate to what he's talking about when he says the blessing. And, and what we see in Genesis 1 is that when God created Adam, the Bible says that he blessed him. And what we see is that word means and that God empowered him to prosper. We sing a song around here, Empowered to Prosper, and, it, and it's literally the Hebrew, uh, one of the Hebrew definitions of this word uh, blessed or blessing. To be blessed by God means that God has empowered you to prosper in a, in a certain area, in a certain way. Okay, are you with me so far? And so when Adam and Eve sinned, that, that blessing was replaced with a curse. And of course we see then that God blessed Abraham and, and others throughout the, the Old Testament um, because one of the themes of the Bible is for Father to get us out from under the curse and put the blessing that He originally intended for all humanity to have in Father Adam for that blessing to be returned back to you and me. So when it says that we're now blessed in Christ Jesus, have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so the blessing of Abraham in Christ Jesus, see, we were, before, before the new birth, we were in Adam. And so when Adam sinned, the Bible teaches that we all sinned with him. Now, you're going to have to pay attention to that because it gets a little confusing right there. It, it's not your sin that made you a sinner by nature. It was Adam's sin. Romans 5 teaches us this, okay? And so because we are physical descendants of Adam, we were born of the corrupted seed of Adam and born under a curse. This is why through the new birth, we're now in Christ Jesus. How many of you know tonight Christ Jesus is not cursed? He's blessed. But we also see that he broke the curse for us as a man. That's important. He didn't, he didn't break the curse for us as the, as the uh, you know, second member of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He emptied himself of everything that made him God and came to earth as a man because it was a man who lost the, cur the, the blessing and it had to be a man who took it back. Now, Jesus could have taken it back, right, as Jesus, but that would have left you and me out of the equation. So he took it back as a man so that we could now in Christ Jesus, no longer in Adam. I'm not in Adam anymore. If you're born again, you're not in Adam anymore. We're in Christ Jesus. And because we're in Christ Jesus, we're blessed with him. We're blessed with him. We're empowered to prosper. So back to the younger generation. And I remember a little bit of this in playing video games with Bethany and John Mark when they were younger. And they were always so much better at that than me. You know, I, you know sometimes you, know, you think, well, you let your kids win. No, they just, they beat me soundly, right? I mean, I just, you know, there was one that we played, John Mark, where, was, you younger guys, where 
it, it's, it was something Mario where they would slide down the ice thing. Anybody remember that one, you know? And I would just, I would always, there's one spot in that, in that race, I would go off the edge every time. I mean, it was like, you know. But in video games, you can earn, find, or unlock special powers. Anybody familiar with this? I see some of you, even older folks, nodding, right? Like Mario Kart was one where, you know, we race. And, um, and then all of a sudden, John Mark's car would be three times the size of my car. And he would just like four times faster than my car and just plow through everything and, and, and win. And I'm like, how did you do that? You know, and of course, he would try to show me how to get those bonuses and those kinds of things. Well, maybe you've never played a video game in your life and have no interest to, but if you can at least understand what I'm talking about, the blessing is like those special powers. It'll make you stronger. It'll make you faster. It'll make you richer. It'll make you wiser. Are you, you understand what I'm saying? It, because, you know, what happened when his Mario Kart went th three times bigger than mine, four times faster than mine, and literally couldn't crash if he tried. He, he received something that I didn't have upon his cart, amen, that made it special, that, that, that made it uh, better, that made it, you ready for this, more equipped to win. He had an advantage. Are you seeing this? See, this is, this is what the blessing is, is meant to provide for you and me. It's meant to give you and me an advantage. An advantage. I know that I've got you in Ephesians. Just stay right there in Ephesians, okay? But I want to show you this. Um, Christy, at slide 35. She's going to put it up on the screen. Leviticus 25 2021 and 22. I mentioned this at the end of the sermon this morning, but I, we didn't turn there. And if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year, since we shall not sow nor gather in our produce, then I will, this is God speaking, then I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year, and it will bring forth produce enough for three years. And you shall sow in the eighth year and eat old produce until the ninth year, until its produce comes in. You shall eat of the old harvest. Now again, I'm not trying to trivialize the scripture by making a video game comparison. But do you see what he's talking about here? God told him in the seventh year the land needed to rest. He said you don't need to plant anything in the seventh year. You, don't, you need to let the land rest so that you can come back then in the eighth year and, and plant again. And so they're like, okay, that's fine with us, God. A year's vacation sounds, sounds like a good idea, but what are we going to eat? And God said, I will command my blessing upon you in the sixth year, and when you plant the crops in the sixth year, my blessing commanded upon you is going to cause those crops to produce three years' worth of food. Man, I'm hoping this is like getting you really interested in the blessing. See, that's a superpower right there. 
That's, that's an advantage right there. And notice that it came because God commanded His blessing upon them. Now, while we're here, let me just, I want to get to Ephesians 1 before the night's over. Let, let, while we're here, what do you think, and it's not a trick question, what do you think it was going to take on the people's part to not plant anything that seventh year? Faith. Thank you, Casey. Faith, right? That's coming from a farmer right there, right? Amen. It requires some faith. You're like, well, man, I know God said that he would command his blessing and all that stuff, but man, maybe just, I'll tell you what, just a couple of rows of tomatoes. You know, I mean, we, don't, I mean, we won't plant all 40 acres, maybe, maybe just a few rows of, uh, of corn and, and, uh, and you know, we, we, we can put up some soup mix, you know, and, and. And that way, towards the end of that seventh year, we got some soup mix and, you know, we can, we can make it. See, so again, notice, this is God commanding His blessing, but the key to, to operating in that blessing still, there, even in the Old Testament, there's faith that's required on our part. There's faith that's required on our part. See, if you remember this, and I think this, this is a characteristic of this same blessing. Let me, <laughs> I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here too. But see, let's go back to John Marks would get one of those superpowers that would make his car bigger. He would get another superpower that would make his car faster. And, and then a third one that would make it uncrashable. So he's got three, dare I say, video game blessings working on his Mario Kart at the same time. How am I doing, Joel? Is this making sense to you, buddy? Amen. You could probably beat me in Mario Kart like right now with one eye closed, couldn't you? Anyway, praise God. So, three blessings, three superpowers that are working for him, giving him an advantage at the same time. He stacked them. He stacked them. Do, do you see why in Ephesians 1, I know you're probably there, I'm not. Ephesians 1 says that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. All right, I'm going somewhere for my video game lovers out there. Cheat code. You feeling me over there, Brian Reynolds? Cheat code. What does a cheat code do? Cheat code is where you can put a code in and it just literally makes you invincible. It unlocks every advantage in the game and it does, they don't expire, they don't, you know, there's no time limit on it, so forth and so on, okay? That's what he's saying here, every spiritual blessing, every advantage heaven has to offer, every, every uh, uh, empowerment, every enablement, everything that heaven has uh, has been given to you uh, to enable you, to empower you uh, with, without any, um, you know, restriction. Uh, praise God. That's all right. I'm going to just keep going here. Amen. All right, so this blessing that we read about in Leviticus, I think this, we see characteristics of this. Do you remember when God rained manna down on them from heaven 
And, and the instructions were very uh, specific. Um, only get for you and your family what you need to eat for that day. And then on the sixth day, get enough for two days so that they wouldn't have to work on the Sabbath, on the seventh day. Again, what, what is required here? This is obviously God's blessing. He's feeding them with food. The Bible says that it came from heaven, but it, it was spiritual in nature, but it satisfied a physical hunger. So this would be, again, a, a great example of, of what it means to have a spiritual blessing that's producing uh, and manifesting as, as a physical resource, a material uh, sustenance in, in their lives. But now remember, then there's faith because you got all this food, but God said, don't, don't just hoard it up. Don't be greedy. Not because there wouldn't be enough to go around, but again, what is he trying to teach them? He's trying to teach them to trust him. He's trying to teach them faith. But, you know, they didn't listen. They got sackfuls of the stuff and ate till their bellies were full and then stacked the rest of it in their tents. The next morning they woke up and it's like, what is that smell? The Bible says overnight that it bred worms and stank. They had to clean it all out, right? But there's a fresh blanket of manna on the ground that morning. And so they learned to get just enough for themselves for that day, for their families for that day. But now here's the, here's the other part, okay? I'm not going to turn to this verse, but here's the other part. The Bible says that when they did it from a right heart, if they accidentally got too much, it was still enough. And if they, by mistake, didn't get enough, it was still enough. God, he would stretch it, right? So when he says, I'll command my blessing upon you and the sixth year's crops are going to produce three years worth of produce, I, I, don't, I don't know if that looks, because where are they going to put three years worth of produce? I, I personally, we can ask Father when we get there, I'm not sure they even at the end of that, when they harvested that six years crops, that it even looked like three years worth of food. But again, he stretched it, right? As long as they trusted him, if it was too much, it was enough, and if it was not enough, it was enough. All right, amen. Let's go now to Ephesians 1. Are you getting anything out of this? So Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Now, there's a lot of teaching and preaching here. I'm not going to try, especially at this point in the service, to exhaust all that's in these here tonight. But the reason I'm wanting you to see the verses that follow chapter 1, verse 3, is notice... At the, at the end of verse 3, there's a comma. And verse 4 begins with a lowercase j. In other words, this, this is a continuation. And so he makes this amazing statement that you have been blessed. 
Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ because He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, every advantage that's available in heaven has been given to you and me, comma, in the same way, just as He chose. Like if this seems strange to you, remind yourself that He chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. Now this is where this verse right here is the one you've got you to lay hold of. This is Father's doings. He's the one who decided this. This isn't my will. This isn't a demand I placed upon him. This isn't something that I like stomped my foot like a spoiled child and said, you either give me the heavenly cheat codes or don't even bother looking my way. This was his plan. This was what Father desired. And this is what he followed through on. And let me remind you, he was the one who paid the price in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, to make all of this possible for you and me tonight. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself. Let's talk about this last, that last part right there. Which He purposed in Himself. Right? We could say it this way. He didn't consult anybody else when He decided this. He didn't ask the angels what they thought. He didn't certainly ask the devil what he thought. And you know what? He didn't ask me and you what we thought. Now, you can take him or leave him. You can reject him. You can, you can say no to his love advances towards you and, and all that he's done for you and put in place for you. But he didn't ask you or me. He did this according to the good pleasure and counsel of his own will. Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Now, I want to I bless you with something tonight. And um, I'm going to, um, I just want you, if you will, just to look at the screen. And I want to read these same verses to you from the Passion Translation. And my prayer is that, that as I do, the unction and anointing of the Holy Spirit would take these words and just wash them over you and over you and over you, all right? So Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 10 from the Passion Translation, it begins this way. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because He sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with all our hearts. And He chose us to be His very own, joining us to Himself even before He laid the foundation of the universe. Because of His great love, He ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in His eyes 
with an unstained innocence. For it was always in His perfect plan to adopt us as His delightful children through our union with Jesus, the Anointed One, so that His tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify His grace for the same love He has for His beloved One, Jesus, He has for us. And this unfolding plan brings Him great pleasure. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given all the treasures of redemption by His, we have been given the treasures of redemption by His blood. The total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of His grace. This superabundant grace is already powerfully working in us, releasing within us all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. And through the revelation of the Anointed One, He unveiled His secret desires to us, the hidden mystery of His long-range plan, which He was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. And because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfillment of all the ages finally reaches its climax. climax, When God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ. And the church said, Amen. Stand with me tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So whose plan was this? Is this? It's Father's plan. And does he do it begrudgingly? Is he like, oh man, another human being. I got to try to find some way to bless. Are you kidding me? No, no, that's not his attitude at all. He finds great pleasure in carrying out this plan that was in place before the foundations of the world. This is why the Bible says Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from the foundations of the world. In other words, praise God. Let me, let me try to simplify it again. And I know there's a lot more to this, but if I could just simply say it this way. Father's plan from the beginning was for you to be His child for you to be loved with the same love that He loves Jesus with, and for you to be given every advantage He has available, every spiritual blessing be given to you. Amen. Amen. So do you see why it's so important for us to have a blessing mindset? We're not waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're not afraid to tell people that things are going well in our life because we think we might jinx it if we do. We're, we're not intimidated and, and, and feel like, you know, that, that um, you know, what, it was, what were some of the things we said this morning that, you know, we, uh, we expect the best but prepare for the worst. No, no, we, we expect things to work out for us every time. Things always work out in my favor because I am no longer under the curse, but I am now blessed with faithful Abraham, amen, because I'm in Christ Jesus. And when circumstances in my life look more like the curse instead of the blessing, I am not fooled. I am not fooled. You hear what I'm saying? If, if, if I have some spiritual battles to fight and there's some negative things that are going on around me, I'm not going to look at those things and say, man, Pastor Mark's been talking about the blessing, but I, he, I must not be blessed. No, no, see, again, we have an enemy. We have to lay hold 
right? And I'm blessed. Let the redeemed say they're redeemed. And I'm blessed because I'm redeemed. Amen. Amen. Father, you're good to us tonight. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for helping us see these things in a, in a, in a simple um, way, Lord, that we wouldn't try to overcomplicate it. Uh, Lord, we mean, we mean no disrespect by using video game analogies, but, but Father, this isn't a game, Lord, this is real. And Father, you, you have um, these, uh, you know, where you command your blessing of wisdom and, and you command your blessing of protection. You command your blessing of, of multiplied harvest. You, you command um, your blessing of, of, of increase. And, and, and we just go on and on with it, Father. And, and Lord, we, we see ourselves as blessed, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done for us. And so, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're teaching us about these things. But Lord, the challenge is for us to move towards a blessing mindset. And I thank you for helping us do that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you so much again for being here tonight. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. I see some of you in the morning, some of you Tuesday.